Hello and welcome back to Raw 1251AM. My name is Wilkie Dickinson Sparks and this is The Tavern. This isn't the time we were on last year, nor were we two hours long last year, but here we are. We're going to be with you guys for the next two hours uh, with our special two hour long world building session for season three, which is very exciting. Uh, and before I talk anymore, I'd like to introduce uh, my players. Uh, we're going to go from left to right. So returning from seasons one and two, from volume okay. one, subtitle Heroes, we have Izzy Searle. Hey, yeah. Um, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, Izzy, because uh, hopefully we have some freshers listening in who haven't heard our show before. Yeah, uh, I study English literature and creative writing, and I am in year two. Mm, year two. That's me. So you're eight years old? No. Yeah. <laughs> Kindergarten. Um, someone who we didn't have on the show... Uh, for seasons one and two, but someone who's a, a big fan of the show, Erin uh, Hutton. Hi. Hi. Uh, would you like to tell uh, the microphone a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, I am a second year English and theatre student. Brilliant. Uh, lots of lots of English here. So, uh, so hopefully, hopefully my next player can uh, rectify that slightly. Uh, returning once again, our, our second returning cast member, Hamish Ingalls. Hello. Yeah, I'm Hamish. Uh, I'm a Biotechnology, bioprocessing, and business management postgraduate student. Are those all spelt with the uh, the, the the B emoji? Uh, yeah. Biotechnology. A hundred percent. It is. It's a very. It's a lot of a mouthful. I'm gonna stumble my words over it a lot. But hey ho. Yeah, it's quite early in the morning, so none none of us are quite on our A game. But um, I'm looking forward to this session. It's gonna be quite relaxed, quite chill. First thing I have here on my the Tavern season three episode zero document is characters. Uh, perhaps the most important part of any actual play show are the characters that we choose to play. Once again, I think we're just going to go left to right. I'm going to just ask you guys a couple of questions about your characters. And um, something that we haven't done yet in character creation is we haven't talked about links very much. Links uh, are like bonds from Dungeon World. Uh, and they essentially just they, they help with the uh, the sort of aid or interfere move and also they sort of help you guys define who you are to each other so uh, yes hey, so they also help us not smell bad they also help you not smell bad uh, <laughs> that was poor Hamish <laughs> yeah well um, more of that sort of humour can be expected from this show um, so your links are going to be uh, probably at the start jobs that you guys have run together so you you guys have been a team for a short while now uh and your your links might be uh oh like on the kurosawa job we did a few months ago uh hamish's character uh saved my character from getting shot that's a link that's something that happened between the two of you that changed your relationship or uh sort of defined it uh, and then that can be leveraged uh, as part of the help move. I sort of forgot how to talk in the middle of that sentence there, but I think I got it. I got through there. So um, yeah, we're going to start with Izzy. Mm -hmm. Would you like to introduce your character and 
Um, may maybe suggest some, some links, but I'm thinking the links will sort of be something we're thinking about throughout the session because we're going to get to the megacorps and stuff later. But yeah, who is your character? Yes, yeah, so my character's real name, which the other characters don't know, Ooh. is Tristan Fernando Thambo. Very, very posh and fancy. Mm. Um, a fancy boy. Yeah, yeah. But he goes by Morgan because he's an infiltrator. And what he's done is he's infiltrated this group of criminals. Oh, okay. So Morgan is... Morgan works for the government, yes? Yes, yeah, so Morgan works for the government. He's very, think police officer, but in this sort of cyberpunk uh, world. And he's very much, um, he, he's very much law-abiding. It's a very chaotic world. Yeah, um, I think that's that, an understatement. <laughs> yeah, I, th I think the only way people in this world survive is by having some sort of little crime going on inside. Um, yeah. But Tristan's quite sheltered at the moment i think he still sees the best in people and in the system definitely um and so what's happened is the system um the government or like ruling corpus sort of um felt a bit threatened by this criminal underworld because like these guys have got a lot of power and so what they've done is they've sent in um a load of their sort of like police officers to go undercover and infiltrate the um criminals and what they're going to do is they're going to um their aim is to sort of work out how the criminals function so they can work out how to sort of crack down on them um, and also to get um, as like a little side uh, thing like these police officers have to get like a little list of every single criminal contact they hear, see, talk to, Smell. Um, just like hear a whisper of and they've got to keep this big old list and at the end of their sort of like time undercover they've got to hand in um, all of the names um, of like the people they've met and if they don't hand in a complete list then um, the police officers names will be added to the list and they will mysteriously disappear like the rest oh no i know that's uh it's pretty dark yeah yeah so um my initial thought about this sort of idea of like the police in cyberpunk is that um they they are some sort of corporation like the so the police in the uk at least are sort of publicly funded and work for everyone regardless of who you are uh, ideally um but sort of since the, the 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 main conceit of cyberpunk is that it's like uh, capitalism taken to like beyond 11 even dialed up to 15 or whatever um the the police at this point are just a private corporation i think there's does that sort of fit with with your vision like they they they're more helpful than some but like it's it's like in america you know like you have to pay for an ambulance and that sort of thing like if you call the police you will be invoiced for the car that had to drive to where you were, the officer's time, the the like the rounds that they've discharged while they were, I don't know, doing whatever they were doing. So, um, yeah, that, that's just the, the idea I had for sort of what this this corporation would be called uh, would be about. Yeah, I think it's definitely um, sort of Tristan just sort of like signed up. To it because it's got this big like propaganda of um, being like to help everyone and to keep everyone safe in these like dark worrying times of like um, lots of crimes and like hackers and stuff like that and I think there's a big fear there and so I think the 
police are there to help on the face of it. And that's what Tristan believes. But I feel like the reality is a lot darker and it's a lot more about control. Yeah, like on, on every street corner that there is a like a, a hologram of a police officer standing there with like the text spinning around him like we're here to help and yeah. then like down that alleyway you see just someone getting like summarily executed like, like smile like, well, you're mm. in CCTV all that sort of stuff yeah Hamish you got a question I also was going to wonder do you reckon that this sort of organisation if you paid them enough money and they were kind of like going to arrest you they'd be like nah you didn't commit that crime yeah I well that's that's what I would think there's definitely it's definitely like it's it's got a fancy name like a uh, a, a custody time reimbursement charge or something, but what it means is the the officers can just charge you some money there and then and they just won't put you in the car. I think that would definitely come at a price other than money though, and that like it would come at a bit of loyalty because I think there's like um, the whole like they they've obviously like. Um, in the past that would all like do fine with just like a tidy sum of money but I think like in this where like this organisation we need to name this organisation by the way I think, I think yeah that, that, that was going to be my next question um, is like definitely worried about the criminal um, underworld and stuff and so I think that like before it'd be fine to just let them go but now they're becoming so powerful um, I think there's definitely a lot of fear there so I think if they were to let someone off the hook um, to say like it would definitely be at the price of you work for us now yeah, so I, I, I like the idea of uh, this corporation like collecting these lists of names and sort of operating almost like a mob. So mm-hmm. if, if you sort of pay them to get out of something once, they're going to come back and, you know, oh, like it turns out you didn't read the fine print and it's a recurring payment. And if now you can't pay, well, uh, you're still going to prison, my guy. Mm. Um, yeah, so what, what do we want to call this? So the, uh, the sort of... Um, the first name that came to my mind was call, calling it like something that's just simple and descriptive, like Securacore or something, because uh, they're they're like calling it like the police is. Uh, it's to our world. It's it's to <laughs> our world. Yes. Yeah. So so it's not necessarily you wouldn't necessarily call the police if you had a problem because there's lots of different security agencies. Um, we played a little uh, a little one shot during the summer. Uh, with uh, just Erin's character and um, there's a, a corporation that I sort of established there that I'm quite keen to include called Empire E-M-P-Y-R-E no yes Pyre that's right yeah I can't spell um, which is like a back? Hmm? does it strike back it does uh, <laughs> well yeah because it, it's a a, a high end security and um, cybernetics firm so sort of if you're looking to if you're like a big businessman looking to get tricked out and protected then you'd have uh, a, a sort of a, a, an account with empire who you could then call them like you would call the police and they'll come and protect you but um this like police corporation is definitely more for the like the poorer masses rather than the big businessmen big, big the big corporate people um yeah I, I like Securacore, but it's it's your corporation, so if you had an idea for it. I was just looking up, like, I was doing the errand trick of looking up <laughs> the uh, Greek god or something. I looked up the Greek god of protection. Branded. It is an errand trick now, yeah. <laughs> and the Greek god of protection is Ceteria. I don't know whether that could be a good mm-hmm. name. <laughs> I, I haven't heard of that, and I do a classics either. degree, so yeah, sure. 
Soteria. Okay. And then sort of, uh, I, I imagine like it's just like big block blue letters just sort yeah. of em emblazoned across all these, uh, all like vehicles and um, like like armored uh, uniforms. Nice. I like that a lot. That's our first big megacorp gang. Yeah. Um, Erin, do you want to swing that microphone around so it's yep. facing you? <laughs> okay, cool. Just just pull it directly in front of your face. because Now Izzy it, can't it, talk. Well, Izzy, Izzy doesn't need to talk. Her, her turn's over. <laughs> um, or you guys can just, like, squish up together. That's fine. Okay. You're, you're friends. Um, cool. Uh, do you want to tell us, me, the audience, a bit about your character? Yeah, so my character goes by Nyx, but her real name is Rhea Buchanan, and she is a medic. She worked with um, quite a big company called Kiso, um, running medical experiments. But she realized, like after a few years of being there, that the people she was experimenting on were not volunteers, like she'd been told. They were people they got off the street. They were kind of people that were brought. So she ran away from them, and she's kind of trying to get back at them in any way she can and making up for all the bad she's done but she's done quite a lot of bad so yeah it's gonna be difficult that's that's sort of uh again like a big thing in like cyberpunk in general is like the idea of like anti-heroes and sort of everyone's sort of a bit dark and it's just sort of er everyone for themselves really so um nix is using the tech playbook yeah. with with the medic speciality um and and you mentioned um akiso so are Akiso sort of in the public eye, or, or is it more like um, and the, the 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 name that's popping to mind is like GlaxoSmithKline, like they do all this scientific research, but they're not really a household name in the same way that like the NHS is. Although Akiso is nothing like the NHS. I think pe people know more about the things they do, like if they make like a special drug that's very useful people know about it but they don't know about their methods so the only yeah. thing that people know about would be their products what's what's is do they have like a, a flagship product so that they they do like drugs as well as cybernetics they do they just kind of do a, like a lot of different medical tests so like so things like drugs and psychological things and cybernetic implants just kind cool. of everything that they can sell and make a profit fair enough um very sort of uh, general purpose. I'm, I'm getting the impression it's not super high end. It's not like uh, like big corporate bosses are going to be like wearing a Kiso cyberware, but no. like it's it's more like on the prosthetic end of things, which is still pretty good. You know, in uh, the the rules explicitly state that a piece uh, a piece of prosthetic cyberware functions as well as the original human part. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is definitely sort of the, the cheaper option for, for people who don't quite have as much money as the big corporate bosses. Yeah. Um, and the you've you've your your character has the hunted tag, right? Yeah. Uh, so ex explain a bit about that and about sort of what, what that means for Nyx in the field. Okay, so Akiso kind of know that she's out there and she knows kind of what they've done. So they're kind of trying to bring her in when they can. She has got, um, all employees have to have tattoos when they arrive. So she's got that kind of little tattoo of a DNA helix and a triangle on the side of her neck and on her wrist. So <laughs> it's, and it's very easy to spot. Like it's a bright blue tattoo. So yeah, and it, 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 it glows slightly, doesn't it? Yeah, it it so actually uh, phosphoresces, which is really interesting. Um, yeah. You can see that tattoo on Nix's official 
official portrait, which you can find on our Twitter at the Taverncast, uh, which was drawn by uh, a friend of the show, Eileen, at Grass Crows on Twitter. Thanks, Eileen. <laughs> Plug. Um, brilliant. Uh, and so Nix is going to be, like I said in our tweet about her, uh, patching people up in the field uh, and shooting people with drugs. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see what her methods are. Um, and our, our third character. Hamish, do you want to introduce your character? Yeah, so uh, my character is Knight, uh, or KN1, as you can find sort of spray-painted on different parts of their body. Uh, that's because uh, Knight is a robot. They're not a person. Wowie. They're, they're, they're all metal and everything like that. And I don't think at this point, when we join the story, I don't think anyone knows that Knight is a robot. Or maybe one or two people do, but certainly not uh, Aaron and Izzy's character. I think that they are... Knight is still sort of very secretive about the fact they're a robot. It's also hard for them to communicate that as... At the moment, I'm thinking they can't talk. We'll see how that goes for an audio-only medium. Yeah. But we'll, that that's kind of makes sense to me because they're like a prototype developed by, um, I would say, like the main megacorp. One of their subdivisions made Knight as a prototype to sell as like their own brand of security robots. Cool. Do you want to give that corporation a name? So, because I feel like... In my, well, I had an idea for like an aesthetic for the main corporation. Okay. But I obviously I get that like the big one is something we probably all want to go with. Um. So. I mean, in in my mind, there isn't like one big corporation because, like the 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 way that the world works in this is sort of it's all based on competition. Okay. So there's going to be like multiple corporations that fit exactly the same niche and the point is they're all working against each other that's why okay. you guys have jobs most of the time like you'll be hired by corporation a to sabotage corporation b like monopoly just like <laughs> monopoly but with murder okay <laughs> i mean what do your games monopoly can only go like walkie oh that's fair yeah. um, okay well that's fair then um because also Knight's a hacker uh, as well, so they can enter the Matrix. Whoa. And I thought uh, one of the th I was looking at some aesthetics. So I was wondering if, like, for the general name of the Matrix, um, rather than it being called the Matrix in this world, uh -huh. uh, we could maybe call it Yggdrasil. Okay. So the idea that it connect it's this kind of network of this tree-like structure that connects you between the different worlds of every corporation. Okay, I really like that. And that really nicely ties into a question I was going to ask you later, but I'm going to ask you now a bit, which was that um, in the book, in the rule book for the sprawl, which I am not going to be paying a lot of attention to, I'm going to be doing what, what serves the story best, but this was quite fun. There was a, a description of, uh, like, oh, this is how you as the GM should run Matrix activity. This is how you should describe the Matrix. Because the Matrix is essentially VR. It's just a, a VR environment generated by your cyber deck, um, which interprets the internet, essentially. It's, it's just the internet. Um, but it has, it has this virtual reality appearance, which... I thought it would be quite fun was distinct for different corporations. Uh, so there, there's probably like like just like basic like oh it looks like a like a white room or like it looks like uh, like in Gary's mod when there's no textures it's just like all blank everything, but it, it looks like a building. But some of the bigger corporations might have like distinct aesthetics. 
Um, so I was thinking Empire would have this very like Roman appearance to it. So when there's a, a sort of a security device trying to kick you out the Matrix, it's going to look like a like a big Centurion guy. Yeah, uh, coming to like punch you, and the the whole like a, an Empire building would look like a temple, and you have to pass through the door, which is the like the the way that the Matrix or the way that Yggdrasil um, interprets the login to that system, that sort yeah. of thing. So um, yeah, if at any point while while we're talking about various corporations, you think of like, oh, I think their systems would have this aesthetic, then. Jump in, because I'm going I'm to say that's pretty much entirely up to you. Okay. Well, then, um, the, then the two corporations, I reckon you've got... I think if we've gone with Yggdrasil for the name of the whole thing... How I, do, I do you spell it? Uh, you can, I think it's, it's a Y and a G and a it's D. Y-G-G. It's Y-G-G-D-R-A-S-I-L. Where does it come from? That's, that's the name of the world tree in Norse mythology. So um, they have an idea that you have nine realms and they're all connected by this big tree. Oh, Thor, okay. Yeah, uh, so I was thinking that... Yeah, the, oddly enough, the Marvel character Thor is based on the Norse god Thor. <laughs> oh, yeah, but um, they ruined hell, so I'm angry about that. They did, kind of. And then I was thinking that the um, maybe the, the original company that created the Matrix, or Yggdrasil, and then sort of maybe did some good things in their past that maybe are a bit more evil now would be Asgard. As an easy one, nice. So, I reckon they're not huge, huge, uh, and they they're kind of like seen as some good guys, like one of the few good corporations out there. Yeah. Um, but then, uh, oh wait, what am I going to call it? What was this other one? In um in Shadowrun, okay. which I've been listening to a lot of the recently, I've been listening to the Neo Scum podcast, uh, where they play Shadowrun. There's just like this one guy that invented the Matrix, and I think he's still alive because Shadowrun, like all games of Shadowrun, take place in the year 2076, I think, because it's like it's it has a cano- like a canonical universe that comes with the game, and it's just this one guy, and he really regrets it because everything's just gone to pot since he invented the <laughs> Matrix, and everything sucks, and he's like, oh man. Why'd I do that? Okay, yeah. So maybe maybe so like Asgard Corp are sort of like, huh. It's kind of rough, huh? We sort of wanted this to be like the the next greatest innovation in communication, but you you guys are using it for crime. <laughs> well, maybe some of them aren't so nice. Because I was also thinking that their subdivision is uh, unknown, it's called Musselheim. Okay. M-U-S-P-E-L. Yeah. Heim. The the realm of fire, no? The realm of fire. And that is their kind of R&D, inverted commas, department, okay. and that's where Knight was developed. So they are a prototype for this uh, new security robot, and they broke out of Musselheim and are now on the run. And they are also hunted, much like Nick. Mm. And perhaps that explains why Knight is a hacker, rather than just like like using like the killer playbook for just like someone who fights, because you were made by part of Asgard. Yeah, like as standard, your technology comes with like matrix integration with Yggdrasil integration. Yeah, I think Knight's definitely not near the final product, which would be able to do like everything. Yeah. But they are they have a they they have a they are able to sort of punch a bit, hack into the matrix a bit, kind of be whatever you need them to be. Yeah. Um, so we, we we talked about Knight being sort of um, adaptable. Yeah, so they have something in the game that's called Skillwise. Uh, I think um, Morgan has those two. Yeah. Uh, they basically 
if you've ever seen the film The Matrix and you know how like Neo and all the other characters can sort of have a video watched before them and suddenly they like become masters of martial arts or whatever. Uh, in a similar way, skill wires, they allow players to have two mods and they become really good at something so or better at something so when we come to roll we can get like a plus one. So knights good at parkour so that if they need to like chase after somebody similar like in a security robot would probably need to chase down a, a criminal or a criminal in inverted commas. Yeah, everyone's criminals. Um, and then the other thing they're good at is firefight combat. So if they're in, they've got to shoot somebody, they're good at being, they've got to, if they're being shot at, they're good at shooting. Nice. So yeah, uh, and, and you, you mentioned that like when that happens, so Knight would like activate that little parkour sub routine mm -hmm. and their body would change slightly. Yeah, I imagine that like, yeah, so if they're in the middle of a firefight, they might sort of become a bit more beefy and bulky and so they can take a couple more hits, but when they've got to chase after someone, kind of their servers, servos rejig a bit and their legs sort of bulk out. They've skipped arm day. Yeah. So yeah, you're able to sort of shift around to create a new new sort of uh, physique to, yeah. to perform a sort of more specific set of skills. So, uh, I now just have an entire Google Doc full of questions that I'm going to ask you guys, and we're going to just chat about it. Uh, Izzy and Erin, you might have to juggle that microphone around so that you can be heard. We'll fight. <laughs> I will win. <laughs> that's oh, that's, that's oh my, that's... Tensions are heating up here in the Raw studio. <laughs> Tune into the, the webcams in the studio and you can watch Izzy and Erin fight to the death, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> I'll wear a really cool costume and like hold up a sign. <laughs> Just dressed like a cheerleader. I just thought I'd mention that. Um, so, uh, I yeah, I've got some questions. Uh, we're going to be really chill, just hang out, chat, and yeah. So, first of all, sort of uh, us here, we're all sort of kind of nerdy. Like whether it's like we're like studying literature and like English, or whether we like like video games and stuff. What? That's Hamish. Um, what? <laughs> what parts of cyberpunk? interest you the most like is it the idea of like the sort of political side of it the idea of like oh this is like the world gone wrong is it sort of the, the idea of uh like living on the street living so like trying to trying to like survive in this very chaotic world um just like exploring the idea of having cool cyberware like if you had to make a wish list of things i want to see happen in the tavern what would that be Oh. I know it's it's, it's 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 kind of a tough like go Hamish. Um, okay, well, um, I really like so one of my favorite books is Ready Player One, which uh -huh. got turned into a film, which is mediocre at best. But um, the one thing I really liked about the book in particular was the concept that in this VR world, which I imagine like our Yggdrasil is going to be. Yeah, I'm um, definitely going to accidentally call it the Matrix a bunch, but yeah, I'll, um, I'll just record myself saying the word Yggdrasil and just edit it in. Yeah, so um, everyone can kind of, whilst there is the horrible dark side of corporations and adverts and everything, you've kind of got this concept that people can be who they want to be. So kind of the more hopeful side of things, you'll have people that are flying around in like, stuff from films and can like look like their favorite video game character or whatever so they can kind of kind of the user created side of things so whilst there are going to be corporations that have their own matrix i'd also like to imagine you've got people 
that are making their own world. So like, there's just going to be a, some guy that in real life just lives at home, maybe with his parents, but in the Matrix or Yggdrasil runs a bar or this nightclub that everyone comes to visit that they've That's just really made. Nice. They just have a couple of servers in their basement and that, that runs and they've designed it all from scratch and it's stuff like that. Yeah, like the, this, 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 you know, uh, imaginary person or they're probably real is, um, is like an incredibly talented 3D designer, but they've just ended up being like a wage slave for a corporation just, you know, working like 12 hour shifts in just a horrible office all day and sort of the, these talents are going unnoticed but then when they get home they can like jack into Yggdrasil and and sort of live this this second life like the video game second life yeah so I'd like that's really nice kind of the more hopeful side of things people can be who they want to be yeah and then also sort of uh, the, the idea of like um, sort of having like cyberware means that so if people with various disabilities maybe don't have to struggle as much. Like if, if you uh, if you have like impaired vision, you have the option of relatively affordably having perfect, if not better, uh, substitutes. Or you know if you if you lose a limb, that's not like the end of your career because you can get a prosthetic limb that will work just as well, if not better. Um, that's really nice. Uh, that that sort of fed into the next question I was going to ask, which is like. How do different subsets of society feel about this technology? And I, I, I really like that sort of you've gone for Yggdrasil is, is not exclusive. Like anyone can access Yggdrasil and it's, it's like a form of escapism for people who otherwise live quite sad, boring lives. Yeah, I think like in Asgard's early days, they, they weren't super interested in making money. So the the main developer, who we should probably name at some point, the main developer um, put it all out open source. So yeah. everyone has the underlying code to the mat- uh, to Yggdrasil and the Matrix and all that stuff. That's, that's really cool, yeah. So there's like the more advanced stuff that like Muspelheim's been working on. And that's like, oh, you've got to buy that from Muspelheim. But the, the sort of building blocks of, of Yggdrasil are completely open source. Everyone has access to them even. So does that mean that Yggdrasil is kind of like a big old advertisement for the corp as opposed to like an actual way of them making money? Is that like what the thinking was? Um, I don't think it's actually meant, was initially was meant to be an advertisement. I think it was just meant to be, I've made this cool thing and everyone should have access to it mm. like from a genuine place of being a good person. Yeah, but the person then, who invented it was like a genuine philanthropist. Yeah, but then like the people that are behind the scenes trying to make money and kind of bought the idea have then developed it and turned it into this sort of evil mm. thing. And that, that, okay. that is so utterly cyberpunk. Like the idea of some like someone in this world trying to do something nice and then capitalism making it horrible yeah. and making it uh, like, like putting it behind a paywall. That's mm. like, and that having the inventor of sort of this thing that defines cyberpunk as a genre, like the idea of the Matrix, the idea of Idrisil, like having that be the thing that that happened to. Mwah! Chef's kiss. Very yeah. poignant. I think that's the thing about, like, you're asking about the genre and stuff. I think, like, one of the things I think we were, like, on the same or, like on the same page on doing the show is, like, um, cyberpunk, like, all of the politics around it, I think that comes up naturally and it's not, like, it's just part of the world as opposed to, like, we're not actually trying to say anything about, like, 
capitalism or like making yeah. political statements. Like I think that will like because like, you asked about whether um, like we're interested in the politics. I think for me like that just like comes up naturally and you don't really have to think about it because like it's all sort of interwoven in the genre. Yeah, um, absolutely. As opposed to us actually saying anything about it. Yeah, so yeah, but, but because of the way a cyberpunk world works, it, it, it is it you know designed from the ground up as a, a, a criticism of, of capitalism gone wrong. So yeah, we, we aren't going to go out of our way to make any sort of political statement, but because we're playing in this genre, in this world, it's going to end up pointing out some of those flaws. Erin, um, what, what, what do you think? What, what attracts you to the idea of cyberpunk as, as someone who's sort of a, a, a big fan of sci-fi as well? Yeah, um, in the cy- <coughs> sorry, in um, the cyberpunk media I've watched, like um, something I've noticed is that pretty much every protagonist you have is completely alone in the entire like um, the film version of the Android Dream of Electric Sheep. Uh, Blade Runner. Blade Runner. In yeah. the the new Blade Runner film, like the main character has a holographic girlfriend, and that's it. And in uh, things like. Um, like William Gibson books, the characters are always very alone and the only people they interact with are people they're working with. So I think I kind of like to explore that idea of why everyone is alone and how they're kind of surviving. That's really interesting. So yeah, I, I was thinking, yeah, so you, you guys are a team, but you're, you're only really a team when you're doing like uh, net running or sh- shadow running or whatever we're going to call it. Um, Shadowrunning is a term coined by the game Shadowrun, but also a very good word for committing crimes. Um, so I, I, I did imagine like each of you would have a place you lived, uh, just a, a horrible apartment somewhere in some massive conglomerated apartment building. And sort of after you've done your job, you just go and hide there until the next job. And yeah, exploring sort of that downtime life. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I really like that. Go for it. Um, one of the things, because also Aaron just mentioned Blade Runner, um, there's because there's quite a lot of different versions of what a cyberpunk world looks like. Mm. And personally, I would like bits of our world to look more like how it does in Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049 with a lot of the bright colours and tall skyscrapers. Because you can... I haven't seen it. Explain. Uh, so um, I think a... A con- it's very like have you seen like pictures of like Tokyo and big Japanese cities have you watched the YouTube video for Lil Nas X's Panini no oh okay <laughs> okay so that's, it's, that's also this idea so it's very um, like really tall skyscrapers imagine like London or New York a, a regular what you, we in the west would see as a regular kind of city and then plaster it in neon and um, le- uh, sort of big holograms and this very futuristic fluorescent light color juxtaposed against this dark sort of dingy raindrop style place you know, I like seen, the hand just you've there. seen uh, he was just waving I know his you've hand. seen Detective Pikachu oh I, I was asleep like a more dark <laughs> distinction <laughs> oh well that's ruined that date um <laughs> It was it was like a dark dystopian version because like other f- films that we have watched was like um, Snowpiercer and The Matrix and sort of the, the the real world elements of that are sort of people living in slums and very dark and grimy and whilst I think those places probably do still exist, mm, I absolutely. don't. I, I I would rather have like the bright, colourful places as the the more common 
places that we interact with rather sure. well, not in more common we interact with like I think in Snowpiercer and the Matrix, like the real elements were only slums. I'd like maybe a combination of like. So like, in Snowpiercer, like the last few characters of the train that were all very sort of affluent, affluent—that's the word—and um, like brightly coloured and stuff. Yeah, it's it's a bit more like neon than that, but yeah, that kind of thing. Like, I'd like to have like definitely make sure we have a balance of both. Sure. Yeah. So that's that's one of um, so just like in Dungeon World, like in most powered by the powered by the apocalypse games, I have some uh, some rules I have to follow as the as the GM, uh, and uh, I have some um, I forgot what they're called now. Uh, little directives that I have to follow, and one of them is uh, make it chrome, then make it dirty. So the idea of like you're in this like very high tech, flashy, snazzy district, but it's raining and it's acid rain and it's horrible. But like like on on the surface of it, everything's really nice, but the world at large is a bit nasty. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So when you guys are like like on corporate missions, you're absolutely going to spend a lot of time in the corporate districts and stuff where everything is big and shiny and, and sort of inspired by Japanese uh, nightlife. Uh, yeah. with all these neon signs and stuff. Um, that also wonderfully leads us on to our next question, uh, which is about the setting. What is the world like? Does the game take place in some sort of post-apocalyptic setting? Or is the world at large better off than it is now, even if cities are rife with crime and capitalism? So the, the sort of uh, two images I have of Cyberpunk are either like everything's become like wonderful like technology has advanced wonderfully and uh the the world is like big and shiny and sci-fi or like sort of if you look at blade runner uh there there's like a big seawall to stop the the rising sea levels destroying the city uh the big dust storms and all that and then in the city you have these big skyscrapers you have these giant holograms uh the uh, joy the character's name uh, this like yeah. big like naked woman who's just like interacting with people uh, who just like are going about their daily lives, but then sort of yeah, you've got like the the internal city that's really shiny, and then like the world at large, which is horrible and all gone wrong. So what 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 do we think? We're sort of going to create the world now. Also, what year is it? I've I've been saying the year twenty two hundred, like about two hundred years in the future from now. Um, we could go sooner than that but i don't know i i i sort of wanted i i quite like the idea having watched um a youtube channel a youtube channel called fables of refuge uh, starting on new year's day or like new year's eve just like exploring what that is like for your characters so is there like a big party in the city on new year's eve probably um yeah like for uh, like with, with all the like the holographic technology in like the big corporate districts there'd definitely be like a huge celebration um if the concept of years is still a thing maybe everything's measured in just seconds i feel like um like going on that maybe like everybody there aren't uh, there's sort of we have like celebrations but everyone celebrates new year's eve at exactly the same time and every like there are because at the moment people have like Christmas uh, and Hanukkah and Eid and all these other religious hmm. uh, Diwali, like all these other religious celebrations. I think in a few hundred more hundred years times in the setting of our world. Sure. Like I think some corporation worked out it would be easier to just bring everyone together and 
to control them in some way. So there are like specific holidays that happen and everyone just kind of has whatever holiday they want at that time. So like, so while some people are celebrating Christmas, some people might be celebrating um, something else. Who knows? Ooh, I like that. So then, like, all the different places in the city, like, you might just walk down one street and it's, like, Christmas. And it's, like, everyone's dressed as, like, some sort of, like, Father Christmas. And then you walk through another street and it's, like, I don't know, Easter and, like, there's chocolate eggs everywhere and... Yeah, so they've basically... Yeah, they've tried to condense it down. So I think you maybe get... New Year's is for everybody... And then, like, you get three days a year where you can celebrate some religious holiday for you. And I think they will, they'll call them, like, three specific things, general things, but every individual can celebrate how they want to. So, yeah, you might have someone's taken, like, the, the earliest day in the year to celebrate Christmas, but someone else has been like, oh, I'm going to celebrate Easter now, and then uh, someone else is doing something completely different. And then I, I really like that, that idea of... Uh, like yeah, so the corporations have decided that like they're only going to afford people three days off a year. Well, three days plus uh, New Year's. I think everyone's going to do New Year's. Cool, three days plus New Year's. But then the idea that like if you want a day off on your birthday, you then have to weigh up like oh now I can't have Christmas this year. Yeah, that 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 idea of like having to make a sacrifice for for your job again. Yeah. We're not trying to make a point, but maybe. I think, like, it could be, like, as well, like, as soon as it turns for New Year's on for every celebration, it could be everyone's, like, really, really happy, really, really, like, celebrating. As soon as it hits midnight, everyone's just, like, suddenly there's, like, a switch has been flicked. All of the lights have to, like, all of the celebration lights have to be off. Everything has to be tidied. And people have to, like, go straight to work. Like, just like it. Yeah, people, like, have to start shifts at midnight. Yeah, like, there can't be any cheers or anything like that. People just have to, like, suddenly, you know, jack back into the the matrix (laughs) that's oh that's so backwards I love it the idea of you you celebrate up until midnight and then the point of new year is when all the lights go off and everyone stops cheering (laughs) yeah oh that's so just perverse I think I think to like combat that maybe they've brought it forward like an, uh, an hour so okay, they, so they'll celebrate like the the ball dropping, or is it is the ball drop? The the, the ball drops on 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 New Year's, yeah. Yeah, so um, at like eleven or something now, and the, oh, they, okay, get, not... they get they, they get to take they get to take the day off. So from midnight the previous night okay. to midnight the next the that night they get that day off. So they've kind of celebrate it mm. on like, and, the thirtieth of December. Yeah, people then celebrate. I I think that the idea of celebrating it an hour early was someone else's idea. Like everyone sort of. The, the people at large agreed, oh, let's celebrate earlier so we can actually celebrate New Year's and then go to work yeah. rather than New Year's being marked by going back to work. Yeah. Gosh, I love that. And that wasn't even the question I asked, but I love that that's where we ended up because <laughs> that tells us so much about the world. Does that mean that like, if you're dressed up in like a random party costume and then your work starts shifts, you have to go to work in your party costume? Potentially. Um, the, p- probably technology is such that... Um, uh, obviously, this wouldn't work for any sort of disguise, but you could probably have like an item of clothing that would project an entire holographic costume onto you. So, like, someone would go around and they'd have like a ring or like a like maybe some sort of choker, like that would then project an entire Father Christmas costume onto them. And obviously, like their big round belly, you just your hand goes straight through it because it's a hologram. But yeah, um, that's really interesting. Which urban sprawl does the game take place in? This is quite an important one, um, but also quite a short one. I was going to say London. Wait. Just future London. 
Oh, does, it... that, does that mean future city? Yeah. Uh. Oh, yeah. Uh, an, an, an urban sprawl is like a city, but like bigger. So um, for uh, like reference, uh, a lot of Shadowrun takes place um, around uh, both California as a as like a like the whole state I think is a city. There's uh, New New Mexico, which is again like a massive state-sized city, and then there's the Denver Cube, which is like just a cube the size of the city of Denver, uh, which I think is full of wizards, or that might just be Neoscum. Um, but yeah. I, I, it doesn't make much of a difference, given that, like, if, if we put London, that doesn't mean, like, there's no guns, because sort of the, the part of the concept of, like, this is that, like, oh, like, the law's changed. Guns are now allowed. Guns became a thing in England because, because of something that isn't really important. I think we should pick the countryside. <laughs> cool. Uh, you guys have no access to technology. Yggdrasil is dead out here. It's an Yggdrasil dead zone. Well, um, I, I like London. If we wanted to go with London, did we want to say, because like, you mentioned like places the sizes of um, uh, states in America, did we want to say London was now the name for the UK at large, or are there maybe a few mega cities? They kind of cover a much larger area, so maybe London even goes down as far south as Brighton. Yeah. and covers that whole area and Birmingham now covers up like, the entirety of the Midlands yeah. and like a little bit into Wales what, what's the Midlands? place where I live <laughs> and so yeah the, 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 the size of cities in Shadowrun is sort of uh, not necessarily a thing I should have referenced because Shadowrun there's like magic and stuff so um, Shadowrun is like cyberpunk but there's also magic um, so that's like ridiculous but yeah I'm definitely thinking like London but like eight to ten times as large. Imagine the underground. Oh, God. I, I just, like, love it, because it'll get to the bit that's Brighton, and, like, it'll just look like London, apart from there'll be a couple of rainbows there left over from old Brighton. Yeah, just, like, yeah, painted on, on, on the pavements and stuff. Yeah. Do people like that? It's like a yeah, just the idea of, like, massive London. Okay, mm. so how, are there other cities in the UK? And... It's up to you guys. Is has has everything been attracted towards London? Oh, I think there should still be a bit of countryside, but it should be rubbish. Yeah, like a really Corn dirty, really like you Cornwall? know you couldn't drink out of the street. Cornwall, Cornwall and Devon, like towards that end, like well, it just hasn't a, been taken over. But perhaps you've got massive. You've got the, uh, big London, which is one word, um, and um, and that's like huge, like from where London is now down to the south coast, and then up as far it's still sort of vaguely circular in terms of like being a city shape um and then everything else is just like left to like nature and there's still like small cities but they are like very small and like very cut off and pretty much you guys are just going to stay in big London. I think Tristan definitely, like, has some sort of retirement plan to, like, live in the countryside just like his grandparents used to. So what's, what's the, what, what is the world like? If, if, if Tristan wanted to live in the countryside, would he have to live in some sort of, like, biodome? Like, is it... Oh, is Tristan's it... so sheltered. I don't think Tristan quite knows how... I don't think he's ever been to the countryside. I think he's just heard stories of how it used to be. And so he's really wanting to just go back yeah. to it. And, you know, you can hear the odd... Like, someone will say, you do realise, like, it's really dangerous because, like, it's so polluted and, like, all the wildlife is quite dangerous now. Yeah. And it's had to sort of, like, 
um, be very sort of dog eat dog. <laughs> um, no, potentially. Uh, yeah, and Tristan's just like, nah, nah, I'll survive. You know, he thinks he's a bit of a bear grill. Yeah. So, 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 uh, I'll ask you in a second, Hamish. Uh, like, agnostic of of what Tristan knows. Given that like this is something you've introduced, mm. I'm gonna give it give you the control over it. Like if Tristan were to go live in the countryside and were to do it the right way, would he have to live in some sort of biodome or like protected sealed environment to like protect him from the pollution in the air? I think Or would he it would... would it just be like horrible, but not horrible enough to like merit that? I, I think like the close the closest to countryside you could probably get is actually in cities in like biodomes that you might get like um in like a big megacop skyscraper you might get one floor that's all sort of oh they have like a a fake arboretum yeah 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 and i think that's what tristan kind of thinks that all of the countryside is like but it absolutely isn't really couldn't do that it'd be so dangerous so the the countryside is just dead scrubland nowadays very barren there's still nature there there's still things surviving but it's not what we would think of as countryside yeah Hamish, you got something to say? Well, I was going to ask then on top of that, do you think that that kind of concept of maybe a more idealistic nature away from everything is what uh, is attracted to, is sort of used to attract people like Tristan? So the corporations say, oh, if you come and work for us in so many years, like 25 years time, you can retire and we'll put you a nice little home outside of the city you can you can escape this busy and bustling life and you can live out on the land but actually like yeah as you said it's just not true sort of like Samuel Beckett's endgame kind of thing yeah which you definitely know because you do English don't you, and yeah, you talked about it <laughs> no, that's you said you, you wrote a thing about it yeah so yeah I, I listen you, I didn't make you read some of it so do you th- is that kind of like a thing? So they kind of use it as a lie? Or do you- is it like a specific lie for every person? So like for Tristan, it's you can go and retire out in the countryside, but for someone else it might be you can retire to the moon. Well, I think it's kind of a... Um, a I guess in corporations like this, Tristan, even though he's quite sheltered, he probably subconsciously knows more than the corporation would like out there like you know he's probably got some sort of dirt on them but he just isn't aware of it and so I think it's kind of from the perspective of he's not allowed to retire so he will be taken out to the countryside it's just that he has to be taken out to the countryside under like knowing that do they like the corporation do that knowing that he's not going to survive it? Yeah, do they have they they've kind of sold it as a lie. Like they've said oh you'll retire in 25 years, but when that 25 years comes there's going to be some job that's going to take you at least 5 years and then there's always the next thing. Like kind of like in whenever you watch a film that some guy's going to leave the criminal world. Like we watched Layer Cake recently, like the main character is like oh I'm getting out of the drug business. And he, he'd, he's not. He's always that one last job, and it then turns into the next last mm. job. Yeah, I think it'd be that, but I think it would definitely be sort of like um, like some sort of twisted idea of, like, you know, like, no one trusts, like, genies if they, like, make a wish. Um, the genies are always, like, going to make it awful. Like, Tristan's wish is to go to the countryside, and the b- big so business is, like, sure. So just dumped in a river. You can go to the countryside, yeah, and he just, like, gets, you know, gets on a train and gets dropped off somewhere where he can't survive yeah there's just lots of just getting monkeys poured then ongoing that is then like someone getting sent to the countryside is that kind of like a thing a a, a A saying so like how people say like oh your pet 
went to a farm outside the, where, you know, went to go and live on a farm. He's is, swimming with the fishes. Yeah. Is, oh, he went to the countryside. Yeah. Is that what people sort of say? So some people, you know, as young kids believe, oh, their pet actually did go get sent to a farm. But some people genuinely believe, oh, they get to go and live in the countryside and it's this beautiful, magical place. Aww. But actually it's, it's not. Some people know that, oh, no, going to the countryside means that you are basically being executed. That's horrible. I love it. Is that is that a thing? I, this is. Yeah, I'd say that's a thing. Okay, cool. I I really like that. Um, so we have we have London. Is is London still just called London? Is it Neo London? Is it? Hamish has an idea. What's the what's the <laughs> ring road around London? The ring road around London. M twenty five. Yeah, is it? Should we call it like Sector twenty five? Sector twenty five. Sure. Sure. And there's, 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 there's probably a different in fiction reason why it's called Sector 25, but out of fiction, we've inspired it by the, we've, it's, we've, we've been inspired by the N25 to give it that number. Yeah. Cool. Sector 25. Uh, potentially uh, subdivisions of Yggdrasil. Maybe you, you can only access Yggdrasil within your sector, so you couldn't go to, like, Sector 17, which is Denver, Colorado, because it's, like, a different branch of Yggdrasil. Yeah, I reckon if you've got the money, you probably could. But oh, yeah, no, yeah. Us, you don't us, us people over here. Yeah, that's that's not night. Um, so within Sector 25, within London, um, live, people still know it was called London, but it's called Sector 25 officially. Um, what are the, like, important areas? So, uh, like, we have, like, a corporate district, uh, which is just, like, all the biggest skyscrapers, all of those that like, you guys might not get very near those like because those are just bureaucratic hubs but um there there might just not be but like are are there any areas of the city that you want to speak into existence that are particularly important to your characters if anyone has anything you might not we might uh, we will find out through playing can there be um you know the underground railroad in america was like those little buildings that people would go to if they were trying to escape could we have something like that here, where if people are running from corporations, they can kind of hide in different buildings? Yeah. So, so there's like little little safe houses spread yeah. around. But um, what's the, is this organised by a sort of underground movement? Uh, yes. Do they have a name? Do they call uh, themselves the somethings? The or? somethings. Um. Uh, I'm gonna. Call the nothings. The, yeah, the nothings. Let's go with that. They are called the nothings. The nothings. The, the, and what's what's their? Um, I, I I just took away your job of giving them a name. Uh, what That's did, fine. do they have? Some sort of uh, identifying mark that sort of uh, like uh, the 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 police won't spot them, but you know if you see one. Um, I mean, there's probably I'm imagining there's probably a lot of graffiti in London. So very much so. Maybe if they have like a graffiti trail from kind of house to house, that's just like I don't know, like a little tiny black circle at the bottom of a wall that you could very easily miss. Yeah, there's like a, a little trail of like a specific order of symbols that you follow, and you end up at a little black circle, and it's like ah, this is a safe house. I can like give a secret knock on the door, and I'll be let in. Yeah. Uh, and it's everyone is very paranoid, but. It's it's like a, a nice way to um, counteract like the loneliness is like oh this house is actually full of people who are trying to escape from 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 big corporations. Great the the nothings because they uh, they sort of live off the grid and and have have nothing and do nothing and yeah I really like that. Anyone else want to create a little bit of neo London sector twenty five? Uh, I reckon right on the coast, so kind of in the bottom, uh, the south, north, 
east, southeast yeah. of uh, the sector. Brighton. Uh, yeah, Brighton. <laughs> That's where, oh, right on the coast is where... Well, um, Dover, maybe. All of the... Um, industrial elements are so that's where the smog is going to be the thickest ah. that's where um all of the manufacturing and everything will go on to so sort of the that's the part where you those are like the houses nearest that location are going to be the cheapest um because like your life expectancy is going to be just drastically reduced like i reckon most people just die by the time they hit 50 in that location. Yeah, it's Just, pretty rough. It's like radiation, pollution, all of that. So you say radiation, does that mean there's like nuclear power plants? Um, I reckon they probably use a bit of everything. I think that, because uh, we, we, again, when we talked about Blade Runner, we talked about how sort of rising sea levels. I don't, I think in this reality, I think the the solution to climate change wasn't to to reverse it it was just to sort of carry on as normal and to just spend money on preventing it but also not so like there'll be if like parts of this maybe this seawall if you want to steal that idea um i definitely do want to steal that idea yeah i think if a seawall's gonna collapse onto like a megacorp or on like some big industrial place that's absolutely going to get patched up almost instantly mm. but i reckon there'll be parts of slums where it was easier to just re-erect the wall so around the slum that it's oh, that's of, horrible so like you get your your house gets sort of washed away and they've just put up the wall and it's moved so the coastline just constantly changes that's terrifying i love it the world technology we were talking there about power um, and how power is generated uh, and sort of how that relates to the issue of climate change, which was sort of just ignored at large and uh, the the world in... Do we agree 2200 was... A, I don't think it's really important, but I've been saying 2200 to myself. Yes. Cool. There we go. Um, yeah, in the year 2200, uh, the issue may have stabilised, but the, the, the solution is just to react and to just build new seawalls when the rising sea levels destroy the old ones. Um, so I want to ask about travel. Um, I reckon cars are still a thing. Train. Trains? Yeah. Like in Snowpiercer? And Divergent. And Divergent. Okay, I've not seen Divergent. Um, oh, it was great when I was a teen. <laughs> brilliant, and that's that. That is the tavern's target market is teenagers. So, uh, so there's there's a big train. Uh, there's lots of trains. Is it like is it like the underground? In Divergent, there are trains that are like very very high up, and they kind of go over the cities mm. and like kind of swoop around, and people have to. Wait, jump. they fly? They don't. No, on they're, they're like up on like big bridges, like they are in Brighton, um, and. Yeah, up in big bridges, and you have to like climb up to get them, and the like doors are open all the time, so you just have to sort of run alongside and jump on them, and then jump off when it's your stop. And they're like okay. one of the only safe places because I, I think they're driverless, so it's like an easy, untraceable way to get around the city. I, I like that. I sort of, you didn't have to tell me that was from Divergent, uh, but I, I have no qualms about stealing that from Divergent. These, well, like, we're stealing a lot from Blade Runner. I we haven't seen it. So That's we fair. need we something that Izzy knows about. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. um, what, uh, what's that, what's that similar to? There's uh, something else that's similar, like where you have to like jump on as it's moving. Oh, uh, like uh, like old route masters. What old buses? Yeah, the buses that like wouldn't stop. You'd have to like jump on at the back and you'd pay for your ticket as the bus was moving. Mm. Is that... Are they the only kind of trains? Or are they... 
are there like some of those trains which are free and going around all the time that you can use and are there some that you can pay for a ticket for, and like work more like trains that we are used to there's a big old fancy shiny train going to the countryside <laughs> okay um, and, it, and it comes that... back and it looks horrible because it's just been acid rained on and covered in smog and it goes through uh like just before mm. it enters sector 25 it goes through like a like a big industrial car wash style thing mm. comes into the city looking beautiful and it's like ah look this the, the sort of like keeping up this illusion that the countryside is nice God, and uh, maybe so there are, are there a few others so like if people that have a lot of money want to traverse the city they can they can go on a similar style of train that doesn't go to countryside but will go around they just get an uber money would go by a helicopter or something helicopter flying oh, car be a different thing okay just fully steal flying cars from uh blade runner just steal them back to the future back to the future <laughs> i see no reason why think, i think flying cars would be... i would like to see us try and drive one <laughs> oh n- uh, none of you are actually using the driver playbook oh, so um no. okay you can you can drive just as well as anyone with a driving license can drive but you're not going to be able to you're going to struggle to like you know leverage a vehicle as a tool in a heist okay beyond it's like hamish you're 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 you can drive you've got your driving license but you're not like baby driver from the film baby driver i don't think i've got contacts we'll make it through (laughs) i mean this didn't really come through but i was hoping that knight would look a little bit like a robotic ansel elgort so that's fair you know I mean, he doesn't look like a human in the first place, so that's fine. Mm, that's fair. And Maybe, Fargo looks like If you squint, I reckon the picture that's been lovingly yeah. drawn of Knight does look a little bit like him. Yeah. Ansel Elgort, at me on Twitter. <laughs> Just for some... I don't know why. Come have a chat. Say hi. Come on the show. <laughs> so that's our first guest special guest. Okay, so because um, one, one part of the game that is like... So, something we have to consider is that there are parts of the rules that do certain things. So, like, um, the world has to include a Matrix-like thing because the game has hackers and the game has things that operate within the Matrix. Um, The game has drones as part of it. Um, Nyx, as the tech, can at some point learn how to make drones. Oh, yeah. Um, The driver can also take drones. There's quite a a, a fun, like, driver build I had where there's, like, they they drive, like, a big armored SUV. And then the top of it just, and it's like a, a big quadcopter with a big machine gun on it. Um, so drones are a thing. So like that sort of like really commercialized flying technology is definitely a thing. And you can definitely have drones big enough that they are just cars. There, there were a couple of things I was thinking about, like corporations that I want to still exist because I think they would do quite well. Uh, things like Amazon. I think Amazon is these days just like a freight company. So it's, it's sort of less in the public eye, actually, but it's actually like everything like whenever any object larger than something you can hold goes from anywhere to anywhere it's amazon that moves it are we going to call it keep calling it amazon uh neo amazon i don't know amazon's in the prime of its life then no cool are we gonna call it prime then call it prime yeah prime maybe amazon prime became so ubiquitous that the company just became called prime yeah cool prime uh prime shipping uh, which is the little button you tick on the Amazon website, but also is the name of the corporation. Um, now, th- th- this is the next bullet point I want to ask about. Space travel. Does space exist? I mean, space exists, but, like, have we got further than, like, the Falcon Heavy? This is a question for Aaron. 
Why me? Is it like Star Trek? Yeah. Go on, yeah, sure. Okay, we'll, I'm we'll... a Star Trek jacket. I kind of asked for that. Yeah. Uh, bring that microphone closer and, and let's have a chat about space. Okay, um, how about we have managed to get as far as about Mars? So okay. we've, we've got out further, but there's still a lot of competition on who can get the furthest. Okay, so space is still... Space has... has been more commercialized because sort of during like the space race to the moon everything was like oh it's like the government is trying to develop their country's space program and now there's like spacex and all that so like space has become completely commercialized now do we have some people who work in space like do we have some sort of mining thing on some planets i don't know yeah you decide um, okay. Do we or don't we? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay. So, so we've got mining operations like in space. Yes, but they're not very safe. That's fair. I I had an idea, and it was all it was was I was I I backronymed some stupid name, uh, and what it was it might um essentially low Earth orbit is so full of detritus like you've seen that that map of like every object or currently orbiting the Earth. It, there's so much just junk, but there's so much that you can't safely fly a spaceship through, except at this one point where there's this like space station that keeps that like just like keeps trash out of it. So it's like this big circular entryway, you know, like in Rogue One. Yeah. Seen Rogue One? Yeah. Like the the portal, the 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 force field gate into the planet. Uh, I I quite like the idea of that because again, it's like everything's trashy, and then there's this like one big piece of technology that you have to use. Uh, I had a really weird idea about space that I don't think goes against anything you guys have said, but would be very, very far-reaching. Okay, I'm, I'm um, into it. So uh, so please, like, shoot this down. I had an idea, Did what you... if... Because, again, like, trying to control everything, what if there was this... We've talked about, like, this... There's only one entryway into out of space. What if you've got a big bubble around the planet... Which basically acts like a second, as a different kind of sun. So they can, so at the moment you've got everyone is in a different time zone. So like people in America are what, like eight hours behind us now? Maybe. But what, because like people realize that that was just inefficient. They've created a system by which midnight is at exactly the same time everywhere. everywhere. So they just turn off the sun everywhere and then turn it back on at eight in the morning everywhere. So if you are, if it is eight o'clock in the UK, it's eight o'clock everywhere in the world. It is eight o'clock everywhere on the planet, and it, the sun is at the same brightness, and the the kind of the temperature is the mm. same, and, and they then, try and like control the weather to an extent. Yeah. And then you solve the issue of, oh, like it's night everywhere, like it's nighttime everywhere. So now no one's working. Like you solve that issue by making people work night shifts. I think. You at night, you can't see the stars. Oh, Be- because of this detail. bubble. Because, because of this bubble, or in bu- just um, I think um, before the bubble was like um, set up, I think you just like all the space detritus and stuff like that. You couldn't really see it anyway, and so like it's not like anyone complained when the bubble went up because they couldn't see the stars anyway. Mm. Can they now see the stars? Have they sort of artificially put in the stars again? Oh, no, is I don't think stars are like a symbol of hope, and I don't think they have a lot of that. Yeah, oh, and really and cute. they and also, even if there were stars, I don't think you'd be able to see them over the massive light pollution from just like 
n- nighttime is the perfect time to put like all these holographic advertisements. Like yeah. the like the big corporate districts, like the top of buildings, will just have people standing on them, who are just like as tall as the buildings themselves, just like waving at you and that. I also reckon nighttime is exactly nine hours long every night. Oh, so it's, it's just like it is just it. I think. I think what they classify as nighttime is when it's at a certain darkness. I think there is still an evening, but I think it takes half an hour of evening and half an hour of dawn. And then I guess there's eight hours of time, which is allotted, like you are meant to sleep in this time. Yeah. Or you are meant to work. You're meant to work in this time. Or maybe, yeah. That is terrifying. Unless I love it. you're super duper rich. Unless you're super duper rich. And then you just rich. live in like your own little bubble and you just have it. So it's like nighttime is like 13 hours long. You can just sleep for ages. And then like the sun's pumped up loads so that you can sunbathe in the day. Yeah. Yeah. I also reckon then, yeah, the in at probably one of the poles, you have, or maybe both the poles, you have the next and entrance. So there, there the light does follow the regular cycle. Okay. Um, so they have a little hole there, but it's only just big enough that it, you or they like they open it for spaceships and then close it again. Yeah, I think I I I, I managed to backronym the word gate for that space station, but now it's global something 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 entryway maybe. Um, but like maybe it's called like there's then like the global refractive bubble, which like absorbs sunlight and then redistributes it uh, evenly over the whole planet. Yeah. Cool. So Um, we have the global refractive bubble, we have the gate, which is the only hole in the bubble where spaceships can exit. That means you have to, like... So someone in in America, as much as nothing, like, the the world doesn't seem to turn anymore because there's no, like, idea of uh, time zones, America has to wait for a certain hour or, like, a, a certain... Maybe, maybe, maybe there's like a, a few days where the gate is above America and they can launch up and go through the gate uh, or it's like on the other side of the world for a bit. Maybe it takes a month to, to orbit the planet. How long does it take the, the ISS to orbit the Earth? I'm going to Google that while someone else talks. Erin. Um, Hello. You mentioned that it was really dangerous to work in space. Yeah. Why do people do it? Are they forced to do it? Um, could be like a kind of prison punishment thing or just be... If you're desperate and you need money and you've not got any contacts on Earth. Of course. So for like, if you're if you've done like the worst of the worst crime or yeah. you are desperate for money, you go and work off worlds. I mean, it would be a good. I mean, it would mean that you wouldn't need to have as many prisons on the planet, I guess. And if you have space, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, like the worst of the worst. In a way, then, is space like the one of the only places where people are kind of a little bit freer from, like, all of the corpse and stuff like that. Like, is that... Is that, like, the kind of final escape where people, like, should be wanting to go in their retirement and stuff like that to, like, get away from it? Can we retire to the moon? (laughs) Is that, like, another thing where people think, like, oh, I can go and work in space and that it's actually going to be less controlled? And maybe it is as much controlled, though. It could be, like, a reverse of the... Like with the countryside, like everyone wants to go there, but it's actually not that great. And I think the other around, like this, like space could be like people could only hear like whispers of it actually being quite decent up there, and like no one really talks about it. But really, like if you get up there, people are you find like a people who are quite free. Is there like yeah? Is there one we mentioned we've gone to Mars? Is like the Mars or the Moon? Is there like a sub colony there? So that they. So, like, you have the people that are mining and working on some places, but, like, maybe ages ago when it was sold, the moon was bought by a philanthropist and they've said, 
yeah, you can build a colony here and they've got a, a bubble and actually everyone lives a much better life. Um, what if, like, the moon is kind of like a safe haven and Mars is where you go to work like the criminals so there's like, yeah. two places in space I, I like that so there's, there's a there's a maybe it's called Haven maybe it's called Eden something some some sort of nice nice name for this this uh, geo bio colony Valhalla oh. <laughs> Valhalla is really good but like I think yeah it, it I, I would really like to have Norse mythology like yeah. Nor- Norse no, words code for Matrix, uh, so potentially not Valhalla, but yeah, um, no, that's fair. I think Valhalla does exist, but it's maybe Valhalla is like a we'll, we'll find virus out. or something. Who knows? Yeah. We'll find out by playing. Um, but yeah, there's there's a colony on Mars on the moon that's really nice, and then there's these mining colonies on Mars where like you can like send money home to your family, but like you you die there. That's that's sort of the the unspoken deal is that you go there to work or you go there to serve a prison sentence and you die there. It's rough. Um, in the last twenty minutes, that's really good. I really I really like that. I was really hoping we were gonna like the idea of space existing. And like you guys will probably never go to space. Like unless your character signs a contract and goes and works on Mars and leaves the game, you you guys are probably never gonna go to space. But I like having that as a thing that exists. Mm. Um, the last thing to do, weirdly, the last thing, is the megacorps. So um, I've just made a list of corporations that I think we should establish. Um, I have some names for them. Uh, I, I have, I've, I've had some name ideas, uh, which I'm going to get up now. But you know, we can we can discuss them together for the last 20 minutes of this show. Um, so I think I would like at least three weapons manufacturers. Um, we can steal maybe um, Colt or um, uh, Ares. Ares is, I think Ares might be real or it's from Shadowrun. Um, or if anyone has any ideas, uh, where's my list of names? Cyberpunk Megacorp names. Sure. Uh, Ares and Colt are weapons manufacturers. Do we like those names? Colt is a real world manufacturer. They make real guns. I like I like them. We use like wait. I'm thinking like to stay away from like real world stuff. Okay. Um, I have a Google. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, we don't have to come up with all these names now. But if anyone has any fun ideas, Nerf. <laughs> <laughs> they they realised yeah. that the toy the toy the toy market was just not as lucrative as, as the, the real, real gun market. Yeah. Oh, now, what, we, I guess, please call it Oh, when when the UK passed laws that uh, allowed guns, Nerf were like in there instantly. Yeah. So they, they've just been biding their time making toy guns, getting English kids really into guns, and then they suddenly <laughs> sell real guns just as those kids grow up. Yeah. So yeah. Ooh, could we? A nice little Brighton reference, ish. No, not ish. Brighton at all. Where we're from? Could we have one called like the Long Man? Because there's like um, in like the, on the South Downs in like down south, where me and Wilkie are from. Dune Sooth. <laughs> and you're a southerner, but not near the Long Man, I don't think. No. Anyway, yeah, there's like this some um, big chalk man um, made on like one of the hills. No one really knows where he's from but I think he's supposed to be um, a really really old like depiction of like Mars the God of War Um, and he's basically he was put there by farmers to ward off a rival um, 
describes people? I don't know what period in history this is. Yeah. Um, but basically, it's like a chalk outline um, of this sort Just of a Texas big guy. soldier guy. Sure. So, uh, um, Longman yeah. is a Long weapons man. corporation? Yeah. Uh, can, can you give me a couple of adjectives to, to describe them? So, for example... Long. Sorry. <laughs> so, they, 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 they specialise in, in, like, rifles and, and stuff, as opposed to pistols. Like, that's what a long arm is. It's a, a rifle or a shotgun. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, no, you're joking, but I'm, that's my, my job is to take your jokes seriously and make them real. But, uh, so the, 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 the long man is a, is a weapons corporation that, that specialises in making, uh, like, rifles and sniper rifles and that sort of yeah. thing. I only know guns from Fortnite, and I know those aren't the right names, so... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um... Are they workers' names? Um, medical corporations, we have we have a Kiso. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking we can steal the word Caduceus. Because uh, that's fun. Uh, it's a nice medical name. Um, can there be something that maybe isn't a megacorp, but if you like, kind of a seedy underworld doctor? Oh, absolutely. Where maybe it's a cheaper. Maybe also like can be like a little bit more like the closest thing you can maybe get to a charity. Okay. Um, so it's sort of like halfway between a, like a gang and a charity yeah so like they'll they kind of help out people more from like sake of hoping but they also do need to like get money from people in some way so maybe they do like crimes they're doctors that do crimes Robin Hood style doctors without morals as opposed to doctors without borders yeah maybe not doctors without morals no, I know I was just um, uh, I just came off the top of my head uh, what, what are these guys called what, what's this gang called this sort of um, ch- charitable gang so in, in Shadowrun they have rippers who are like backstreet surgeons. So if you need cyberware put in, you might go to a ripper doc, but maybe these aren't quite ripper docs. Oh, uh, can they be the NHX? NHX, what does that stand for? Uh, National Health Service. <laughs> National Health X-ray. No, xylophone. I was... Um, National Health Xylophone. <laughs> People call them that as a joke. <laughs> they don't like it. I, I think... It doesn't have to stand for anything. Can it not stand for anything? Can yeah, it sure. just be someone heard the NHS and went, is this like NHS? Yeah. They're just being cute about it. Sure. Yeah. So there's there's a Kiso, which is sort of, uh, which we've discussed, is sort of uh, not quite in the public eye, but they, they make a lot of stuff. There's Caduceus, which I like to think is almost like an insurance company. You like pay them a monthly fee, and if you get injured, they'll come and pick you up. But of course, you then have to pay them again. Like, there's it, a lot of extortion going on here. Um, cyberware, we have Empire, which I quite like. And Empire's like adjectives would be like high-end, gold. Like gold is a big part of their branding. Like all these like, just someone has like a solid gold arm. I think like Musselheim that I mentioned earlier. I Go think for it. They. Yeah. Do also do some cyberware. I think they're going to be for more like CD underworld things. I think it's going to be dark, um, not just CD like, not actually CD underworld like CD upper end. So yeah, it's it. They are producing uh, sort of cyberware that is more overtly like weaponized or like. Yeah. So they're going to be for your military, and I think making a an android is like a kind of a venturing beyond just like augmenting humans yeah and so that's that's one of their like the reason i want adjectives is just to distinguish them so like yes yeah, so they're so, um are military military and uh cutting edge cutting edge like yeah they are making experimental that, experimental that's better wonderful uh, military experimental tech love that um security again empire provides security uh 
security, uh, security in healthcare is a lot like insurance. You will have a membership or a, a, an agreement with a company, and uh, like everyone has some form of cyberware pretty much. Most people will have a neural implant of some kind. Uh, so if that detects your life signs are going down, they'll automatically like call someone and they will turn up and like, based on your level of membership, they will like um, help you. Like a black box in a car. Like a black box in a car, yeah. Um, so like imagine like yeah like you crash in the car and then your insurer immediately knows and based on how much you pay them per month either they like just reimburse you the money for the car or they come and pick you up they they or they give you a new car or they like kill the guy that crashed into your car for you nice so yeah I, I like the idea of like people with really high end uh, insurance policies like as well as yeah, um, as well as um, help, like uh, fixing you up. Like they, like it's like a SWAT Get retribution team. for you. Yeah, it's like a SWAT team. Like you've been shot. Like the SWAT team drops out of the sky, uh, kills the people that killed you. I like the idea of like all the really rich people who've got like their whole like everything insured, and they're just like I don't know, break a nail or something, and they'll just like go right in there and sue the. The comfort, the spa that they were in. Oh yeah, and, and, that th- and that works. Do, yeah. do they think that they get like some? You know how people can get like Amex cards. You can get like an Amex card, like yeah. a black one that's meant to be like super cool. Do you think those some people that have like some item of clothing they wear to signify they are paying for this top brand oh, of it, insurance? It's, it's, it's going to be some kind of implant. Like they just have like a little black seal at the base of their like. At it's the something that people can like see and be like, oh okay, that is someone I do not want to mess with. So like if you. You just see this person's like, yeah, I've got this black implant, and you go, okay, I've got to like yeah. stay away from them because if I do something wrong, then they will then sue like, me. Yeah, that you'll get sued. Like drones smash into the window. Like you get just. I reckon destroyed. getting sued is probably worse than getting killed. Potentially, Wait, yeah. How? I reckon. I reckon someone is just because like ending up destitute in this world. There's not much you can do to get out of it, and that's potentially worse than just dying or getting sent to the countryside or getting sent to space it's, it's, the countryside on Mars yeah are your two mm-hmm. options <sighs> right uh, the next the, the final thing was vehicles and drones but since we don't have a driver that's not super necessary I came up with the name Corvector which is like Corvette but sounds futuristic and I like that um, and then there's like I think we should just include Militech which is a thing from the game Cyberpunk but also it's like a nice generic, oh, there's like Militech brand stuff. It's utilitarian, it's functional, it's serious. Yeah. I like that. Um, Are we gonna have like a, a fun up-end scale one? Maybe they do like the flying cars? Yeah, like, sure. Um, I, I, I like to think uh, Corvector are almost like vintage. It's like they make cars that look like vintage cars but oh, okay. like have the interiors of, of modern cars okay then maybe like a more a, a more sort of like Lamborghini style like these guys make flashy sports cars yeah I, and then I guess it's probably good to think of one that's um, or like Bentley one that's like low end as well so I guess you've got like um, for the, maybe the flashy cars you could call them Aerobolt Aerobolt I really like that um, so they yeah they look like f- futuristic sports cars yeah. and they streak around and then I don't know what's a I guess what, like, what's, what's like a common lower end brand car you've got like Fiat I've got a pan is it a pan, Fiat is it Fiat Ford you're thinking of your own car yeah, yeah. What, what does she what car does she drive <laughs> I don't know we'll, we'll look up like the Latin word for something and we'll we'll think of it <laughs> Ooh, who wrote questions we, we have to wrap up very quickly so yeah what's this 
Oh, sorry. Um, I was going to, like, ask, like, A, who's the richest person in this world, and B, what who's, like... The richest person the in the world is... the most lucrative business in the world? Um, uh, the richest person in the world is Richard Branson's brain that's been kept alive in a jar, and the most <laughs> lucrative business is probably, uh, to get really morbid, death. Um, manufacturing guns, manufacturing uh, nice. uh, drones, um, you know, being the like being like those like medical insurers, being security agents, like that's the the sort of most steady level of income you can get because it's one of the most uh, ubiquitous things in this world. Um, also, Yggdrasil, like working on Yggdrasil, is probably quite a good job. Um, <coughs> that is all we have time for today. I've really enjoyed that. Uh, that's going to like help inform the game we play. Uh, again, you can tune in to us uh, this time, not quite this time, uh, 7 p.m. Saturday next week. That's Saturday the 5th. You can listen to our first episode. We'd like to thank Raw for hosting us. You can listen live at radio.warwick and you can find the Tavern podcasts on our Mixcloud, which you can find on our Twitter. We'd also like to thank Reese Goodall for producing some of the music we use on our podcast uh, and also thank Hamish for making our theme tune. Uh, we'd also like to thank Eileen Tan for our official character portraits. You can find her at GrassGrows on Twitter and you can see the portraits on our Twitter at the Taverncast. You can tweet about the show using hashtag the Taverncast. And until the next time we play, it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. Goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from Hamish. Goodbye. <laughs>